It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. And now, here's your host. William Powell, the king of DC media. All right, folks, uh, good evening, dear listeners. Uh, Tonight's guest is a magnificent Atlanta-based actor who hails from Baltimore, uh, Mr. Sam Lukowski. Now, if you don't know, uh, he's been acting since his earliest days, beginning with musicals and school plays. He's been in a wide spectrum of theatrical endeavors, casting everything from Shakespeare to drag shows in the DMV on stage and screen. He's competed in the, uh, the, the nationwide acting portion of the KCACTF. He is a graduate in uh, 2012 uh, with a BFA degree in acting from Towson University and has been a proud member of SAG-AFTRA since 2014. Yes, indeed. All right, so I know that he is uh, says he's on the line. He's uh, called in from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. So let's see if we can get him on the air here. We're just having a little bit of a uh, little bit of drama here, but we'll, we'll get through it. So because I did not see him on the, the switchboard just yet, so just give me a second here. Okay, folks. Right. So let me see if I can bring this up again to the dashboard here. And while we're waiting for that, I can tell you that uh, Sam has uh, also appeared in uh, many fantastic films. We're going to talk about Ready for Action. Uh, He's been in Ninjas vs. Monsters, uh, Drag Cool. Uh, there's so many, so many, and it's uh, he's really taking off. So let me see if I can get this working. Hold on, folks. Tight. And we will get you right in there. We've got a lot of questions. Uh, a lot of people. Thank you to all those who responded. I know I asked for questions, and we got a lot of them. So let me go ahead and... Uh, if I can get the, the board to come up again. There we go. So we'll bring Sam. Good evening, Sam. How are you? Hey, sir. I'm glad to be back. How are you? Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay, man, we got a lot we've got a lot to cover tonight. So uh <laughs> tell us about this film, uh Ready for Action. Tell me about that. Oh, Ready for Action was uh I would call it like a children's movie, like a comedy I did with uh Lee Dahl. A couple of years ago, okay. actually, I, I guess it's being re-released, if I'm not mistaken. Something to do with Amazon Prime, I think. The game is all about distributors, okay. you know. So, yeah. Okay, that's great. That's fantastic. So, you know, I hear the market is uh, booming down there in Atlanta. So, talk about that because I think it's it's uh, overcoming even LA right now. Yeah, right now Atlanta, Georgia is currently number one internationally for um, production for movies and for television. If I'm not mistaken, streaming video as well. I think if I read correctly, it's $9.5 billion that it generated in revenue last year. So it's doing great. Wow. It's all due to – yeah, it's yeah, it's all due to uh, tax incentives. Um, and if anybody wants to yeah, bring them back to Maryland, because we we had them in Maryland and we, we didn't renew them. If anybody wants to bring them back, consider contacting the Frederick Film Office. Uh, I know yeah. Carl up there will be glad to help you. Okay. That's fantastic. So, um, you know, that Atlanta is a very spread out city. I mean, uh, so talk about your daily routine as far as going to, auditions in Atlanta, just uh, get it from one audition to the other, 
I mean, how are things for you as far as uh, just the logistics of finding work down there? Sure. Well, um, I'm not sure if, uh, who among the listeners are actually actors, but anybody who's, who's listening who is an actor can tell you that nine times out of ten nowadays, auditions are actually done through a process called self-taping. Uh, and what that basically means is the, your agent will contact you, usually via email, and will say that casting has selected you for an audition. It's due at such and such a time on such and such a date and you have to sign a non-disclosure agreement, and then they, casting will send you the sides, the pieces of script, and then you have to self-record yourself and then send that video file to your agent who then approves it, who then sends it to casting. Um, it, so usually I don't have to worry about commuting too much uh, because usually it's, the auditions that I'm getting are self-taped. And then if they like you, then they bring you in for a callback, and then that's an appointment time. And I've flown to I've flown to LA for for callbacks. Uh, I've I've driven down to Orlando for for callbacks. I mean, if they want to see you in person, get there. But usually, they can see more people more quickly if they just have you send in the self tape. Yeah, and, and and what's been your the key for you uh, as far as uh, making an effective recorded audition? Oh, well, <laughs> it's actually not as hard as it sounds. Uh, now, everybody listening, if, you, if there's any casting directors listening, go to sleep because you're not going to like what I'm about to say. But uh, and anybody <laughs> who's a, who's a <laughs> yeah, and anybody who's a, who's a, um, a self-tape service, please tune out now. You're not going to like what I have to say. But seriously, actors, you don't have to pay for a, a self-tape service um, and you, you really don't need to buy expensive equipment. You can do this on it, on your cell phone. Just hold your cell phone horizontally, buy a little tripod from Best Buy, and buy yourself a, a lavalier mic, a cheap one, uh, and buy yourself a cable and an adapter that can plug into your phone. And just make sure that you're shooting inside so you can control the noise. Make sure that the background is not distracting and, and to, you know, like it's a blank background. You don't have to buy a green screen or anything like that. Just a wall will do. And um, uh, don't wear any distracting clothing, like don't wear any brand names or logos or anything like that. But other than that, really, if you don't have to worry that much. And then in, in terms of editing, you, there's some simple – some of them are even free. There's some simple software programs that you can download for your computer or you can do it on your phone. And don't, don't make it bigger than what it is. You can learn to do this. Um, they don't need – they don't need uh, an HD 4K video. They don't yeah. need full spectrum sound. It's fine. Just make sure they can clearly understand what you're saying and make sure that you're not right. out of focus, you're not out of frame. Just send it in. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and typically for you, I mean, how many takes do you find yourself doing? Well, it depends on what the scene is. When I get what's called five lines or less auditions, this is when you're basically given um, a TV or a streaming video uh, audition where you yeah. have literally five lines or less. You wow. you probably only need like three or four takes, and really even that's kind of overkill. Um, usually, you just take yeah. more than you need for safety reasons. But in terms of mm. in terms of uh, uh, text upon text or scenes upon scenes. You, 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 since you're self-taping, you can take as long as you need, but, but try to, try to get memorized, try to get off book. If you're reading, yeah. it's going to look like you're reading right. a teleprompter. Yeah. 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 I've, I've done self, uh, recording before and I know I've used a, a camera in the, in a computer and then mm -hmm. I know I, I try to get off book with the first line and then I had the rest of the lines. Like on the on the screen, so I'm looking. So my eye line would look good and the whole thing. And I don't know. For good, me, it was good. always a disaster. I mean, it seemed like it would take 20 takes just to get a decent no, one. It was really, it was a mess. It was a hot mess. I will agree with you that a live audition will always be better because you get you get a off camera reader who's probably at least competent at the job. But I would say <laughs> yeah. that uh, wait, wait, yeah, yeah, your scene partner is your performance. But no, uh, I would say that you, exactly. you really need, it's true. I would say that you really got to get good. I practice self-taping. Like when I'm home alone, yeah. I will set up my camera and record myself 
doing scenes from plays or from movies, I won't post them online, you know, for God's sakes, I delete them, but just so that I can practice the tech, the tech side, because we, we now in the 21st century, we have to, as actors, we have to embrace some of the tech. Yeah. And I don't like it, but it's just the way it is. So. Yeah. It's essential. I actually, mean, actually, it, actually, if you don't, if you don't mind, let me one second. Well, one thing I mentioned off camera readers, and I would say that's probably the most difficult part about the self taping process. You have to find, oh, okay. you, you have a, you have a deadline. So you have to meet that deadline. Oh yeah. And at the last, at the last minute, you need to find yourself a off camera reader to read lines with you. And it's very difficult to yeah. find one last minute, and it's very difficult to find one that will do it for free. So my advice to other yeah. actors out there, self-tape yourself, like, like get used to self-taping for your auditions, and yeah. help each other right. I'll do the self-tapes for free because favors return yeah. favors. Save money where you can. That'd be my advice on that. I've heard all kinds of things. Uh, I've even heard a trick uh, for voiceover actors. They say a, a, a perfect home studio is their car. That's a, what have you heard about that? Uh, well, if you're doing voiceover, it's not the worst if you can get the car away from traffic. But if you can't okay. get the car away from traffic, <laughs> I, would, I would say that that's not a good place. I mean, really, if you're really – what you need is you need a very dry sound. My audio engineer guys are, are like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. You need, a, you need very yeah. dry sound. It, that means that you don't, yeah. you don't want any echo, no echo. So what you would do is okay. you'd have to record in like a closet or some very small space where the sound's not going to like echo, and you need to make sure that uh, you're not clipping, and you need to make sure that there's yeah. not a lot of plosives and pops in the in the microphone. But really, if you, oh, yeah. if you finagle a little bit, you can get something. It's not going to be great without going to somebody who has a microphone and a and a mixer, but you can make stuff right. work as long as there's not a lot of echo and you can control the noise around you. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't don't pop your peas. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> what other exercises do you do? I mean, uh, one thing I try to do is is I think reading aloud I think is very important. Uh, I mean, is there any other daily routines that you you do? I try to memorize a, a poem or a monologue every week, if not every day. Ah, um, just because yeah, yeah, you yeah. really need okay. that skill of memorization. I mean, memorization yeah. needs to be something. And I don't really know how to train that. I just know you need to do it. Um, yeah. In terms of what I practice, I love helping other people self-tape because and I do it for free. And if you're in okay. Atlanta and you need a self-taping actor, I will show up. I'll set up your camera. I'll set up your lights. I'll set up your audio. And I won't charge you. And I will read off camera with you and give you whatever coaching you need because I figure two things. One, it's free practice. And two, yeah. I, I, I'm hoping that if I give them, if I give them a, a favor yeah. for free, they'll do the same for me. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Uh, okay, so we got a ton of questions from the fans out there. They showed, they showed us a oh, lot God, of I have, I have fans. <laughs> yeah, of course <laughs> well, you, you do, man. Of course, uh, you know that. Right. So we got, uh, wow, there's so many. Let me start with uh, Mr. Uh, Joe Cardamone. And uh, yeah. he's got a question here. This is, uh, he says, what is one thing that you wish the younger Sam to knew? Uh, what is, you know what? There's actually five things I wish I had known when I first started my acting career. Uh, I'll go yeah. through them real quickly. If you want me to explain something, just let me know. So number one, okay. labor unions. Number two, franchise yeah. agencies. Number three, right. casting breakdown sites. Number four, self-tape auditions. And number five, right. bagindie.org. So those, those okay. are the things. I mean, re really, labor unions and franchise agencies and casting breakdown sites, you learn eventually. I just wish someone had told me sooner. Self-taping auditions, yeah, like I yeah. said, is a skill that you just have to learn. But, but, but bagindie.org right. right. is something that, I don't know why actors are afraid of contracts because the contracts are there for you. And even if you're non-union, you can right. still apply for a, a SAG indie contract and you can tap hardly yourself right, right. into a project. And there's all kinds of different scale wages. I mean, you can, if you can find out what the estimated budget is for a production, even if it's independent, you can find a PDF file yeah. of that contract 
and you can you can right. apply for it, and then if it's approved, you can you can you can work on a on a project under a union contract. I don't know why. It's don't be afraid of it. Sagindy.org. You can it's a, it's free. Just go on and use it. Indy.org. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. Yes, okay, there's a lot of questions here, man. We got uh, Lee Mintz says, ask, <laughs> what's your advice to someone who has no acting experience but wants to give it a try? Where should they begin? Any resources to find help find starting roles? Well, the the, the easy the easy answer to that is uh, get into community theater. Um, that's the easy question. That's the easy answer to that. But the the more in depth one would be, if you're if you're just starting out as an actor, uh, I'd say you you really need to decide what you want to achieve as an actor. Like, what is the end goal? So, do you yeah. want to make acting yeah. your career? Like, do you want to be a career actor, or do you want to make acting a hobby, like a form of self expression? If you want to make it just a hobby, a form of self expression, you can really kind of do whatever you want. But if you want to make it a career, if you want people to pay you to act, then you kind of have to accept three things. The first one is Mm. you're going to have to conform to an industry standard. You're going to have to accept that you are being hired for your effectiveness, not your originality. And, and those two things both mean that you got to, you got to be measurably skilled and measurably marketable to both cast and directors and producers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Okay, uh you got uh Cody Race. Oh, my asked, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Cody asks uh what are your top 3 do nots of having an acting career? My top 3 do nots, like think like um yeah, things not to do. I don't know. That's I'm not good with prescriptive. I'm good with descriptive. I don't know. She did. No. Well, it doesn't surprise me. Cody's much smarter than I am. She's uh, <laughs> she's much smarter. Uh, I guess don't be a diva is the first one. Uh, don't be late. Don't ever be late. You are very replaceable as an actor. Anybody can replace you. Not because they're better yeah. than you, but because other people want the job. So don't ever be yeah. late. Don't be a diva. What the hell is the other one? Oh, man. Of course, Cody stumps me. <laughs> I love you, Cody. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't have a third one right now. Oh, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, don't think that your job is any harder or any easier than what it actually is. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, you go. Absolutely. Okay, uh, Mr. Jim Burns has a question here. He says, uh, did the obtainment of a BFA degree from Towson help or hinder your acting abilities? In other words, was the higher education acting worth your time and money? Yeah, it's like the million-dollar question, sometimes literally rather than figuratively. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Not not to bad mouth. I'm not trying to badmouth Towson University's acting track. They have a great acting program, and I'm very glad that I took it. It was helpful, but in terms of me finding work because I have a degree, no, it it doesn't. Yeah. They don't. Cast, cast and directors. I'll own a clear the air about some two things. One, cast and directors do not care if you have a bachelor's degree or master's degree or PhD in acting. They don't care. They just care yeah. you can do it. Right. And they don't care if you're if you are union or non-union. They just care that you can do it. Now, if you are hired to work on a union production, whether that's Actors' Equity for a live performance or SAG After yeah. for a recorded performance, yeah. If if you work for a certain amount of days, you're going to be in a must-join status, and you're going to be made a member of SAG After or Actors' Equity anyway. So, don't don't be afraid that oh, I, I am not I don't have the the, the the degree or I don't have the union status. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I joined because I had to. Like I was at a must-join situation. So it'll come when it comes. If you want to pursue it, you can, but you don't need either one of those things. Just start auditioning. And auditioning oh, yeah. for projects yeah. that you're going to get paid. Audition for projects you're going to get paid. What separates a professional from a layman isn't skill. It's do you get paid to do it. That's it. That's all. 
Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's a question from uh, Shannon Clark. She says, oh, what experiences do you think helped you become the type of actor you are now? And another question she has is, what were your biggest influences into wanting to become an actor and continue to be an actor? I don't, I don't, I don't. what was the first one? I'm sorry. <laughs> first one is what experience, okay, the first one is, what experiences do you think helped you become the type of actor you are now? And the other oh, one was okay. basically what, what are your biggest influences in wanting to become an actor? Oh, my, biggest, my, biggest, my biggest influences for acting was uh, I used to love watching Lon Chaney Sr., the original Man of a Thousand Faces. In fact, I stole, his hash, I stole that title. Um, I use it as one of my hashtags. He's, I love him. And I love the idea of becoming a different kind of version of yourself, not becoming different people, just becoming a different version of yourself. Yeah. Tell a story. yeah. I love that. I loved that. But, but, uh, or I love the illusion of that, I guess. But in terms of what experiences made me the kind of actor I am, I guess it was yeah. a combination of being applauded to do performances when I was a kid, you know, being told to show off and getting applaud, applauded to do it is kind of a, kind of a great gig. The other one is right. grew up relatively in a lower income kind of household. So for me, it was a very sort of be practical. You can be a dreamer, but try to create a path to achieve that dream rather than just dream. You know, anybody can dream, but can you pursue the dream is the real question. So you need to be honest with yourself in terms of your abilities and be willing to be critical. And I, I, yeah. I think that my, my working class family really kind of really helped me kind of, okay, can you don't measure yourself in terms of the journey, measure yourself in terms of the result, which is completely the opposite of what most artists right. type yeah. of people think. So I think maybe that's what influenced me a lot. Yeah. Now, speaking of dreams, you have uh, Mr. Sammy Knight and he asked, uh, <laughs> yeah, what Sammy. is your dream? <laughs> what is your dream role? My dream role. Oh my God. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. See, this is better. That's a better theater question than it is on screen yeah. performance question because uh, yeah. in theater, you have a canon of work, right? There's, it's, a, it's an art form that's thousands of years old. You know, there's like yeah. stuff that's 4,000 years old from ancient Greece. You know, there's Oedipus, there's Electra, right. there's Antigone, there's Medea. And then you have Shakespeare, which is like 500 years old. So you have like Hamlet and McBush and say it's a Scottish yeah. play. And you have, so you have all these different things you can, you know, and they're all dream roles. Then you have exactly on yeah. screen. It's, it might be an adaptation, but nine times out of 10, it's an original. So I don't know. I, anytime I play a very violent person, I'm happy because yeah. I'm not violent. No. I'm not violent in real life. So it's like my chance to, yeah. to, to, to do something without any consequence. I guess it's probably the sociopathic <laughs> way to put it. <laughs> wow, wow. I know in some of those uh, action scenes, you, you put me in mind of uh, Conor McGregor, the boxer. Oh, really? MMA guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did box for a little while. My, my mother's father, my grandfather, uh, who taught me how to be an auto mechanic and taught me how to do some basic plumbing and basic uh, electrical work, low-voltage electrical work, and how to work with yeah. some basic tools. Uh, he was a boxer. Um, his father, oh, my okay. great grandfather, was a was a police officer. No, no, he was a trainer, and I forget what else he was. Anyway, I learned I learned boxing from him, and uh, oh, okay. I was I was never competitive, but I I yeah. <laughs> I do appreciate the boxing uh, the boxing uh, uh, comparison. Yeah, cool, fantastic, fantastic. Okay. We're still Sammy Knight, so he says, yes. Chief, Sammy Knight, I'm pretty sure is a girl. I'm not mistaken. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, Sammy. I think so. (laughs) There's some lipstick lipstick there. (laughs) I'm just messing. Yes, yes. Where do you feel you shine the most as far as acting talent goes? Okay, that's question number one. And then what is your biggest strength when it comes to acting? Well, it's basically the same question. Oh, yeah. I guess my biggest strength. So where do you feel you shine the most? Yeah, I think my my biggest strength is that I'm I understand type. 
And that's something that I've actually credited okay. a fellow a, a fellow Baltimore actor for this one, Lion Beckwith, who I know has been on the show before. Uh-huh. And if he hasn't, we should get him on the show. Yeah. But Lion, oh, yeah. Yeah. Told, yeah, Lion told me that you have to embrace your stereotypes. That's what types mean. Oh yeah. And then to yeah. And then to 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 take a phrase from Boris Karloff, a typecast actor yeah. is an employed actor. So I I, right. I I guess my way of looking at it is I'm a character actor. I don't get hired to play leading men. I get hired to play very skeevy, sleazy people. And I've met people like that in real life. I've worked with them. I've so I I I just. I know how to accurately represent them because I've dealt with them. I've been in fights with them. I've lost most of them. Got my ass handed to me most of the time. But I've met met these guys, and uh, I mean, not some of the. I've never met a murderer, but I've met people that have been to jail for assault and and battery and robbery and and drugs. And uh, I've met these guys. I've done construction jobs with them. I've done. I've done. uh, 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 I worked at a farm for a little while. while I was the only guy that wasn't uh, on probation. And I I, just, mm. I know how they I know how they behave, and I I I guess my strength is that I know how to portray people who have become very jaded and very selfish. Mm. Wow! Yeah, as an actor, you you absorb that. Okay, so I see the switchboards are lighting up. Uh, cool. How about a live call, Sam? We got. Uh, Number four four no number four one three out there. So uh, four one three, uh, you may be listening, but if you have a question, I'm gonna quickly bring you on the air. If not, we'll just quickly bring you back off. So four one three, you are on the air. What's your question? Hi, can you guys Hello? hear me? Yeah, who's Hello? calling? Hi, uh, my name is Cody. I'm actually Sam's fiance. Woo! Right. <laughs> and um, I just wanted to, I know he has um I wanted to bring a practical side of acting. Um I know that living in Georgia it's a right to work state. So I wanted Sam to just kinda of share his experiences with working down here, you know, being union versus non union and what that means in a state like Georgia where right to work means you don't get quite all those perks of being union and things like that. Um so if you could just expand upon that that'd be awesome. Okay. Thanks, Cody. I love you. I'll see you home. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go. I'm on set. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> yeah, Cody's actually on the okay, set. Cody. My, my uh, Cody's right, actually bye, uh, bye. calling. Bye, Cody. <laughs> Cody's actually uh, a, a production assistant for a, a full-time production assistant. She's on set right now, so, so I'm surprised she called. <laughs> Congrats to her, though. Yeah. Um, well, what Cody's referring to is right-to-work state, um, and Georgia is one. Right-to-work really screws over non-union extras. So if you're an extra, if you, oh. if you like being a background, a background performer and you want to work in, in union productions, which is what to mostly hires extras, yeah. you know, background performers yeah. and mostly union contracts, you don't get the benefit uh-huh. of the union contract. So if you're yeah. working here, you might work on a show, like a big name show. I don't, I don't want to name drop anybody and get anybody associated with this, but you might work right. on a big name production and it could be commercially released it could be theatrically released but you probably only got like 70 bucks and that's even true if you're a, a union actor working on a, a on a, uh, a a set and you're an extra so i would say if you're if you're living in a right to work state you don't really want to do extra work now i know all the yeah. person's going to freak out because i just basically said don't work and they're going to be like, we need extras but that's the, that's the reality of it. You're going to, you're going to probably spend more on gas than you are getting paid. Um, and cast yeah, directors don't care that you were an extra. So, yeah. If it's not a wow, right to work state, then you get to work under the contract and then you get paid whatever the scale wage is for the minimum union hire, which is great. Even if you're non-union, yeah. which is great. But Yeah. Well, you know, I saw a listing for uh, Taraji P. Henson had a film down in Atlanta, and it was, what was it, a 12-hour hour day, and you wouldn't believe the pay. I couldn't believe it. It said it was like $80. It was like, I couldn't believe it. It was very so that's $10 more. That's $10 more than what you would get if you worked on a big-name set. So, you know, that still is pretty bad. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I guess I, let me let me let me clarify because there's a huge 
discrepancy online about this, and I feel like maybe I should. The benefit of being a union actor is the contract. Yeah. Right? If you're cast in a production, the producer has to pay you a scale wage for your work. Right? Right. And and then the benefit of being a non-union actor is that you can find way more opportunities to perform, and then you can self-produce your own content to build your resume. Now, the disadvantage of being a union actor is that the producer does not have to hire you. The producer can cast a non-union actor, union actor and, and pay you next to nothing, if not nothing. And it's very difficult mm. to compete against free labor, right? But then the disadvantage of being a non-union actor is you don't have a contract. So if you agree to work on a project, there's really no legal way you can guarantee the producer will pay you. So again, it, it comes down to, like I answered Lee's question, what do you want to achieve? Yeah. If you just want to be a performer – it doesn't matter to yeah. you. If you want to make it a career and you want to get paid, eventually becoming a union actor is just its just the way it is. I mean, name me an actor who you can think of that's non-union, whether we're talking stage or screen. I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find one. Eventually, you will have to join. It's just the reality. Mm. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. If you don't have to, don't join. If you don't, If you don't have to join... But eventually, if you want to make a career out of it, you're going to eventually have to. You'll be at what's called must-join status. Oh, and, and by the way, this was actually passed down to me recently from a casting director. Um, uh, I won't clear last name, but Miss Cassie said, uh, <laughs> if you put on your resume that you're SAG eligible, they get annoyed mm. because there's either SAG, mm. ACTRA, or non-union. It's, there's no in-between. If you uh. – if you're SAG eligible, that, that's a made-up term. Just just take it off. Just say you're non-union. You're not going to lose out. They don't care that you're non-union. They care that you can do the job. If they need to change you to union, they will. It's it's fine. It, you're not going to lose a part because of it. That's not how it works. Oh, okay. Very good. Very good. Okay. Um, this question might stump you. It might not. But any role – that you you think you would not take? Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I've thought about this. No, I've, I, 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 wow. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. I'll tell you, I was on your, I was on your, uh, your Facebook page today and I was scrolling through and I saw a trailer yeah. posted for something. I'm not legally allowed to say what the movie was because I signed a non-disclosure agreement. So I, I can't tell you what it oh. was, but I can drop, I can drop wow. a lot of hints that maybe might make it obvious. But when I was with oh. my old agent, not my current one, uh, I was asked to audition for a movie, a big name movie. It was a sequel, and one of my favorite actors was in it. And I was offered a part that was uh, I, I, a little short than ten lines. I've gone back and checked the emails. I have emails to prove this. They're all dated and time stamped. Yeah. Uh, I, I I was offered a part, and I think it was something like six or seven lines. And yeah. you know, I was very excited about it. And the character, they said they wanted me to grow a beard. And they said they wanted me to learn a Turkish accent. And I asked my agent to ask the casting director, am I playing a a Turkish man? And uh, they said, yes. And I said, I can't take that part because that's whitewashing a character. So I won't do that. That's the one thing I've passed on. And then the other one is I won't take reality TV or reoccurring commercial jobs. Because if you do that, you get listed as being a reality TV actor and you can't audition for dramatic stuff. And I, if you do a reoccurring role in a commercial, yeah, you get paid a lot, but could you imagine seeing flow in a movie? You go, that's flow. It wouldn't work. So I don't want to, I don't want to do those three things, I suppose. Okay. That's, that's uh wow, man. That's good to take a principled stand. Okay. We have another question here. Uh, I'm going to read it, uh, but uh, it's a little wordy. Uh, from listener oh. Annabella Abbey, and she says, okay, the age of great movies and television that inspired us is now missing. The great depth and texture was there, but what what now do we have to live on as actors to continue to inspire and somehow make a living? In other words, I guess what she's saying is she's talking about the quality of films uh, she says that the films that they are missing the great depth and texture, and how do we live on as actors to continue to inspire and somehow make a living? 
Well, that's uh, I'm not trying to be rude, but it's a very yeah. subjective <laughs> kind of a opinion. I can't. I, 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 yeah. I, but I well, it's not convoluted. I guess it's, the quality of the very Right, right. So I think yeah, yeah. There's two there's two ways to look at this. One, um, the average independent filmmaker and average YouTuber cannot afford to present spectacle. And they also can't afford to pay most performers. But the people who can afford to pay most performers are going to produce spectacle because it's the one thing that the audience can't get from the average Joe or Jane who's a YouTuber or a filmmaker. So there's that way to look at it. And then the other way to look at it is, and I don't yeah. mean to be rude, but Miss, I think it was Isabella, um, what movies yeah. are you watching? Because it depends on what you're watching. Like I remember people were telling me how much they love Black Panther and Black Panther was great, but I was more yeah. inspired by Moonlight. I was way more inspired by Moonlight, maybe way more inspired by Fences, the August Wilson play that was done as a movie. So to me, I'm thinking yeah. it depends on what movie you're watching. There, there are much smaller yeah. movies that are technically studio movies. They just aren't big blockbuster movies. And I, pref- I prefer them. Like my favorite movie right now is the Revenant, but you know, did you watch yeah. it? A lot of people didn't watch it. You know, it, it depends. Absolutely. It really depends on what you like. I, yeah, well, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. You and I have similar tastes in movies, I think. <laughs> yeah. So it depends, it depends on what you're talking in about. Ebbing, Missouri. Whom? The three name. billboards in Ebbing, Missouri. That was actually. Oh, my buddy was in that. My buddy Mike was in that. He was in the scene where uh, the, the mean character was bragging about uh, uh, assaulting the girl, and Sam Rockwell overheard it. Well, the guy ah. he's talking to in the booth is my friend Michael. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow, yeah. that was a great yeah. scene. That was a pivotal scene. It was. Wow, it was a that was a scene. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Shout out to Mike. Uh, we should, yeah, we should look out for Mike. Uh, what's his name? What's the uh, full Mike name? Mike He's called Mike Amelian. I'll send you. I'll send it to you. Mike I'll send you. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you his I, his IMDb. He's a great guy, and he's oh. just got, he's got a very similar outlook like me. Help each other audition for free. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Fantastic, fantastic, Sam. Okay, so we're down to about. Oh, we got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. We're having fun. Um, I am. Let me see what we got. Uh, other questions. Other questions. I know you've uh, done stunts before in the past. Mm-hmm. What, what's been some of your more dangerous stunts? Uh, I don't want to get anyone in trouble. Okay, so I will say this. I believe stunt performers, just like sound engineers and just like editors, yeah. are underappreciated. There should be an Academy yeah. Award for stunt performers, just like there's an Academy Award for sound engineers editing and for makeup special effects. I think that stunt performers... Yeah do like 90% of the heavy lifting now that movies are like superhero movies, mostly the stunt performers oh, in front yeah. of a green screen. So I'm all about yeah. stunt performers. I had a friend yeah. who I worked with on Turn who just, who got killed on a, on Walking Dead. He fell off of a, he got, well, he, he didn't have a harness on and he fell. So I'm all about stunt performers. So John, rest yeah. in peace, bud. But, but anyway, but anyway, the, to answer your question, I have done some stage mm-hmm. combat. I know, like I said, I was a boxer. I know how to do yeah. some tumbling. I can take a couple yeah. of falls because I've, I've done them before. And I have some sword fighting and knife fighting training from doing Shakespeare. Shout out to, to, to Lewis Shaw. Anyway, so I, uh, I was doing something with the DC Stunt Coalition. Shout out to those guys. They're awesome. And uh, Daniel Mascarello was awesome. And I think PJ, they took me aside for Ninjas vs. Monsters, which is a horror comedy I did. And... Uh, they said, you're going to have to sword fight, but you have to wear these vampire contact lenses. And I was like, well, they're not prescription. Mm. I can't see. And they're like, and it's dark. I'm shooting at night. And they said, well, you're going to have to memorize the movements so that you don't get hit by the sword because we're working with real metal swords. I mean, the blades are dull, but it's a real metal sword. And I had to just memorize where he was going to go so I could do the sword fight. And I was pretty, I got to tell you, I was nervous because I, I couldn't see it. I'm, I'm I have terrible eyesight and it was nighttime because, and I, I just couldn't see what was going on. So <laughs> it was pretty terrifying. Well, you're still here. <laughs> so you I'm still it. here. I'll, I would do it again. I would do it again in a heartbeat. You know. Wow. 
Wow, man. That's a talk about adrenaline. That's uh Oh wow. and Leo and Leo Nasper. How did I forget Leo? Leo also took me. Leo, shout out to you as well. He also okay. he rehearsed with me. He was the one that would rehearse with yeah. me every day. So shout out to Leo as well. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah, no, I'm still here and I would do it again in a heartbeat, but it was it was a little <laughs> it was a little frightening. Yeah, yeah. A little sore sore fighting can be a little bit frightening. Okay, moving mm-hmm. right along. Um, what's an acting performance besides yours that you've seen in the past year that has blown you away? Well, my own performances have never blown me away. So, <laughs> no. uh, but okay. uh, uh, let's see. No, seriously. I have confidence that I'm good. Like I, I have confidence that I'm competent, right? I, I look at it like yeah. a plumber. You wouldn't want a plumber to come to your apartment or your house. And the whole time they're fixing the pipes, be asking you, is this a good job? Just a good job. Like, just do your job, man. I'll pay you and do your job. That's how I look at it. I know I can fix the pipes. I know yeah. I can act. I'm, I'm confident yeah. in my competence. But I've never been like, oh, right, I'm amazing. Because right, right. that's, just, that's just not yeah. how I think. Uh, I guess in terms of an acting performance that I thought was really awesome recently. Oh, man. I don't know. I was, well, I, I love, we talked about three billboards. I loved uh, Sam Rockwell in that. Um, yeah. And I had met Sam on the set of uh, Living Better's of Chemistry, which is actually shot in Maryland. Actually, Ken Arnold's in that. So I, okay. I kind of have a soft spot for Sam Rockwell. Plus, after seeing yeah. Moon, anything he does, I'm into. Uh, and who else? Let's see. What else? Oh, you know what? I like I liked, uh, Amy Adams in um, Arrival. And I can't remember the actor. Who was the child actor in Moonlight? The, the teenager, not the not the little boy, and not the adult. Who was the little the teenager? Oh, what the hell was his name? He was really good in Moonlight. I'd say those were like the three performances mm. I've seen recently that I was like, yeah. Did you see Beasts of No Nation no. with Idris Elba? Did you I have see not that? seen that one. Oh, no. check that out. Idris Elba plays a gorilla uh, gorilla warfare. I guess warlord in in Africa. Oh, he, in Africa. He, okay. he he turns children. Yeah, he turns children into like child soldiers. And Idris Elba, mm. was, in my opinion, I liked his performance more than I liked Brando's performance in Apocalypse Now because it's the same kind of character. And um, what else? Wow. I like? uh, I like that out. Yeah, and I love Marlon Brando's performance, but Idris Elba, I was like, oh, this is, oh, I like this because he was he was seductive. He made the kids love him as a father. It was really gross. So. And then also Tom Hardy in in the the Revenant. I I loved his Fitzgerald character. I just was like, what an evil character! But but his behavior is evil, and he's and he's got bigoted ideas that are gross. But but his logic in like saying, well, if we make too much noise, we're going to get killed. I was like, well, he's right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, the yeah. weird weird thing yeah. is, I'm like, well, he's right. If you don't shut up, he's going to have to kill you because they're all going to get killed. But on the other side of it. He's also going to have to kill you because he's a piece of shit. I, I don't know. I just thought he was a. I, I like that performance a lot too. He got me excited. Oh yeah, thinking about these things. Filmmaking, <laughs> <laughs> man, it's, it's amazing. Okay, so uh, all right, I'm going to get into some. Take a left turn into some questions that might make you think a little bit here. Um, okay, in the last Uh-oh. year, what new belief? or habit in the last year, what new belief or habit has most improved your life? Wow. Um, you might have to come back to that one. I, I, well, no, I've decided to reject the idea that if you aren't part of a demographic, you can't have an opinion on said demographic. And the reason why I dropped that is because I used to live my life that way, and I thought that way, and I, it made sense on the surface. But then I started thinking about the concept of empathy and, like, well, can you not feel sorry for someone who's of a different demographic than you? I know I certainly can. So I thought, mm, I'm going to drop that idea. I think that's a very dangerous way to think. I think it's starting to sound more and more like propaganda, and I don't like to get political because mm. I don't think it's an actor's job. I think actors should perform and leave the social commentary to the writers, but – I, I do think that we get very – it's a very dangerous world when we all start saying you can't have an opinion on this or you can't accurately play this because you aren't blank. And I'm like, well, I'm not a neo-Nazi, 
but I've played one before. I certainly don't agree with any of mm. their opinions, but I've played mm. that kind of character before. And I, 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 yeah. I started thinking, maybe that's not the right way to think about that. Maybe I'm wrong in my original thought. Maybe that might be the newest thing I've had. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else habit-wise. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's good, man. That's a great answer. That's a great answer. <laughs> Fantastic. So now we've got here another question. Uh, let's see. Name some books that have greatly influenced your life. Well, the greatest, the two greatest acting books I've ever read. One was required reading on the acting track at Towson. And it was a, it was called a practical handbook for the actor. It was written by six writers under the direction of playwright David Mamet and William H Macy, the actor. And uh, I, I love that book. And I've actually contacted a couple of the writers. One of them, Michael Cohen, I actually have correspond with th- through email quite a bit. Um, so I love that. The, the, it's very anti-method yeah. acting. So if you're if you're an internal approach actor, I get it. Do your thing, but it's all about practical aesthetics. And then uh, probably David Mamet's very cynical but very honest book, uh, which is called um, True False: Heresy and Common Sense for the Actor. True False. It was, it was really it was like a partner book to the Practical Handbook, and it wasn't required reading, but I read it and I, I loved it. Yeah, Mamet is great. I I, I took his master class. Uh, last summer, one of the things he talked about oh. is he says that uh, he didn't like this idea of uh, the backstory. He says that actors, yes. when they do a backstory, that's an that's a excuse for actors to sit around and talk about stuff without actually working on their role. I agree with, <laughs> I agree know, with that. Because practical. the audience can't, the audience, if the backstory is not in the script, the audience is never going to hear it. And I think that the actor's yeah. job is to serve the audience, not their... I think you turn in your 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 yeah. ticket, your admissions ticket for a paycheck when you realize you cannot watch yourself perform while you are performing. So you have to yeah. you have to give up this idea that that it's for you. Uh, the method idea, the Strasberg method, is the idea that you get to believe what's happening, so you better you're better motivated to play the scene. And I go, well, that's good, I guess, but the audience can't tell either way. So yeah. that helps you. I'm not trying to take that process away from you, but I say you are kind of wasting your time because the audience, they don't ever know. There's no difference between if, if, if the script says, the character says, oh, uh, I spent some time in Germany, and then you call the writer and say, how long did the character spend in Germany? The writer's right, correct answer to you is, I don't know, because it doesn't matter. You can't play it any different. You just say the line and, and move on. Yeah, yeah, and I guess you'd also be very much against this. Uh, I think it's a very dangerous idea is uh, a lot of beginning actors. You see some actors out there that they try to use the, their uh, roles as some, a form of therapy. Yeah, that's wrong. That's a very dangerous thing to do. If you need to talk to someone, yeah. there's, no shame in, there's no shame in having a mental illness and going for counseling. Uh, but if you think that yeah. performing arts, per, the performing arts is where you're going to exercise those demons, I, I think you're you're in for a very rude awakening that the audience doesn't care, and you're in for a, a rude awakening yeah. that the the director really doesn't care either. It's it's it, it it if it helps you, I guess that's great that there's like a therapeutic yeah. thing for you. But I would talk to somebody. Somebody needs to help you, and there's no shame in you needing help. Um, yeah, yeah. Don't ever feel ashamed for needing help and asking for it. But I, I would say that the performing arts is not a place for that, which is weird because a lot of people who are inspired to write or to paint or to make music have pain, yeah. but they also, they also crash and burn. And I don't know if that's a healthy thing either. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, yeah. My opinion is mm. I'm more impressed by someone like Frank Sinatra who couldn't write his own music. He didn't write his own songs. Really. He wrote a couple, but, but he could sing, songs are written by other artists better than anybody else. That's why we remember him. You know, there's something to be said for a, a, a Bob Dylan who writes his own stuff, but then there's also something to be said for someone like Jimi Hendrix who plays Bob Dylan's song better than Bob Dylan. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I just, I'm more impressed. I'm more impressed if you can do it than I am that you came up with it. I, I'd rather you be, like uh, I said, I'd rather execution. you be effective. Yeah, exactly. Execution. Exactly. I'd rather you be effective at executing than the yeah. original. 
Because I think at this point, yeah, being effective is not. I think being effective at this point is actually more original, in a lot of ways. My opinion. That's just my opinion. Yeah, Sam, I, I like that that blue collar approach. I mean, sometimes you yes. just have to have a blue collar approach to the whole thing. Yeah. Sometimes. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. Yes, okay, sir. man, we're coming down to about nine minutes. Uh, sure. So let's talk about. Now you might have to think a think a little bit about this one too. I'm gonna to take a right turn into this question. Do you have a favorite failure or setback of yours that you have learned from? Oh. <laughs> I was gonna be snarky and say going to college and uh, creating <laughs> my own content because it made me very poor. <laughs> no, jeez, uh, no, I don't. I guess my least favorite thing about acting, I guess maybe that's the way to do it, is is that we actors are not able to solicit the invitation to audition, at least not directly. And if we don't audition, we don't get hired. So, so for me, it, it's a weird yeah. place to be. We we can always self-submit to to the to the casting director, but that doesn't mean the casting director is going to let us audition. I mean, you you your agent can submit your your stuff to the casting office all day long, but that does not mean you're going to be given the opportunity to audition. So that sucks. I mean, that to me, that yeah. sucks more than the, than the rejection of not getting the part. I'm used to not getting the part. I hate it when I can't audition. I, I guess I'd rather okay. audition in the, and, and I'd rather audition and fail than not audition at all. So I guess that's kind of, yeah, it's not so much. I, 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 they tell you, don't wait around. Don't let your agent do all the work. But, and I do, I do, you know, I self-submit and everything, but, I got to tell you, yeah. man, you yeah. still got to wait for the casting director to send you the audition material so you can actually audition for the part. And so essentially, even if you're being proactive, you're essentially still waiting. And I, I hate that. I hate it. I actually wow. love auditioning. I hate, I hate waiting. That's what sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's, that's where it's important to have, I guess, a lot of different auditions lined up. You can kind of, on the next thing and the next thing after that. Sir, as soon as you audition, walk away. Yeah. Don't even worry about yeah. it if the callback happens. You can always say yes or no to a project. I say audition, say thank you, leave the room, wash your hands. Yeah. If, you, if you do a self-tape, you submit it, and after your agent approves it and sends it to casting, wash your hands. Move on. Find yeah. the next gig. Don't wait. Don't wait for that callback. I, I don't know. That's just my opinion. I, it's a numbers game. But you can't play the numbers game if you don't get the yeah. opportunity to audition. So I, I yeah, I, that's my, that's, I guess that's, I don't know if that really answered the question. Okay, Sam, we're down to about five minutes. Uh, any sure. plans to write or direct? God, no. <laughs> oh. No, uh, I've written quite a few screenplays. Uh, because people have asked me to. Um, uh, and I have directed numerous things back when I was non-union. I directed quite a bit. And I can tell you that while I've been told that I'm good at directing, I don't want to be a director. I, don't, I just want to perform. Mm. I have very little interest in being behind the scenes. I've been behind the scenes mm. all my life so that I could help other people perform. And I don't know if it comes across selfish or what, but I... Mm. I want to be the performer. I don't want to be the storyteller who writes the story. I want to be the performer who, who's the puppet who recites the line. So, yeah. That's interesting you say that. I mean, is there any particular reason why? Is this something in your gut, or, or what is it? I'm more interested in – I'll reveal something on, on your show. I'm, uh, I'm very high-functioning but I am technically diagnosed on the um, autistic spectrum. It's probably why I have a good memorization and stuff. And I, mm. I, I think I'm, in, I'm fascinated by the behavior of people. I'm fascinated by it. And my favorite way to show you that I understand is to mimic. So I think mm. it's some kind of weird, high-functioning, autistic form of, look, I know how you feel about this thing, even though it didn't happen to me. Look, I have empathy. I can communicate with you, even though I have trouble communicating. I think, I think 
and I'm going to cry because I've never told anybody this before besides my family and my brother and my, my, my fiance, Cody, I have this problem. And I think that, I think that that's what I like about it is that it shows, look, I get it. I understand why you're upset. I understand why you're happy, even though I'm kind of stoic and ambivalent in real life Mm. because I, I can I can mimic it to show you I understand. I can't show it to you. I can't do it in person, but I can do it if someone else writes it, and I can show you I understand how that person feels. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, Sam. Well, well, thank you, man, for sharing that with uh, we with me and uh, with the audience, man. That's that's powerful. Yeah. That's. I think we all as performers, we have different reasons why we do what we do. And, uh, you know, the Lord puts, uh, puts it on our hearts to, to get out there and, and do it. And, uh, I really, really appreciate that. Okay. So we're down to about, uh, three minutes. Um, Oh, so this is your time to put out there, uh, what you got coming up for, uh, 2018, uh, how folks can find you online and all that fun stuff. <clears throat> Sorry, folks, for the melodramatic outburst. As James Conn said, said, there's nothing more boring to an audience than actors talking about acting. But anyway, yeah, you can follow me online at samlikowski.com. You can follow me on any form of social media at Sam Lukowski, whether that's Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, whatever you want to do, you can follow me at Sam Lukowski. And I just wrapped a feature production in Orlando called Fox Hunt Drive, which should be coming out sometime next year. I don't know if it's going to be theatrically released. My hope is that it's released on Netflix, but I will keep you guys posted. Fox Hunt Drive, follow them online, and you'll see me play a drug trafficking pimp (laughs) who's a real piece of crap. he, uh, He gets what's coming to him, but I won't spoil any more than that. (laughs) Okay. Sam, it's always been a pleasure. And also we want to personally thank you, man, for really – you've been an inspiration, and not only that, but just for helping push the show, man, the Inside Acting Radio Show. I know you're you're an early proponent, getting our group off the ground and getting us pushed. That's right. And I just want to really thank you for that again. Well, I just will. Uh, I'm t- I, can I call you Will? By uh, I hope that's all right. I go, really want. Yes, absolutely. I my hope is that is that one day I can move back home and still work because I had to move to go where the money is to go where the tax incentives are. Yeah. I'm hoping that one day right. Maryland becomes film friendly again for union production and that it all comes back. I mean, the Frederick right. Film Office, Carl. Carl is a great ally to have. You guys should definitely do some events together. I'll try to see if I can set that up for you. But okay, I want to see I want to see the DC and MD area come back, and I'm I'm trying to help, and I think your group's one of the ways to do it. So, yeah, absolutely, brother. Thanks. Thank yeah. you. Okay. All right, Sam. I just got the ninety second warning. Uh, thank sure. you, brother. I love you, and uh, love you, know, you too, man. Thanks. Break, 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 break legs and all you do. <laughs> Thank you. Same to you, sir. Okay, man. Have a great night. Late. Later. All right, now. all right, folks. Remember to do something for your career every day and break a leg. Night. Under the dark, you pacify me. Hold my breath Take me down, I won't fight Beat on my heart, you drum inside me Somewhere my death Makes a sound no one can find I never met anyone like you
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.